This episode is brought to you by Hulu, presenting Legacy, the true story of the L.A. Lakers. From the backboard to the front office, Legacy captures the remarkable rise and unprecedented success of one of the most iconic franchises in professional sports. Featuring new revealing interviews from players, coaches, and execs, this 10-part documentary series chronicles this extraordinary story from the inside. Watch Legacy, the true story of the L.A. Lakers now, only on Hulu. When you need help or advice, you turn to your parents or a trusted friend for help. So why go outside of Virginia, your home, when you need car insurance? Aber Insurance gives you individual attention and won't turn your way no matter what your driving record looks like. Giving same-day personal service in the state of Virginia for over 30 years. Aber Insurance, 979-0814 is the number. AberInsurance.com is the site. What up, what up, what up, the Ballhawk Show? Say one more time. What up, what up, what up, the Ballhawk Show? What up, what up, what up, what up, what up, what up, do? Welcome to the Ball Hawk Show podcast. I'm your host, Ahmad Hawkins, and I thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to the latest podcast of the Ball Hawk Show. Today's podcast, we will be recapping the University of Virginia Cavaliers men's basketball team defeating the Notre Dame Fighting Irish at home here at John Pond Joe's Arena this past Saturday. Um... This is recorded and going to be uploaded on Monday. It's Monday today. So hopefully if you're driving down to Blacksburg, I know that's a boring drive. You know, yeah, I got to send many shots to the to the Hokies. But hopefully you enjoy this podcast on your way to seeing the Wahoos battle the Virginia Tech Hokies down there in Blacksburg this Monday night. So let's go ahead and jump into it man oh before i get started as always man make sure you subscribe to the ball hawk show podcast make sure you go to itunes i appreciate everybody that's um provided input provided a review it definitely helps with visibility helps with the traffic and helps launch the podcast as you guys know i'm independent i have independent sponsors shout out to able insurance shout out to sthujuice.com um and if you want to be a sponsor of the ball hawk show podcast just Email me, theballhawk9 at gmail.com, and I can send you all the logistics if you want to become a proud sponsor of the Ballhawk Show podcast. So let's jump right into it, man. You know how we do. We start out with numbers first. We start out with some post-game notes, and then we get into the breakdown of the game. And then at, at the end of the episode, we have a soapbox moment of when people say, I serve shut the hell up juice, but I just give my view or my take on the pulse of the fan base or the pulse of the sports world pertaining to the Virginia Cavaliers. And then we out of here. It's usually 20, 25 minutes. Sometimes it's 30 minutes. But hopefully you laugh. Hopefully you learn something, and hopefully you realize that at heart I'm a football guy, but I love basketball also. So if I say something that's outlandish and it don't make sense in basketball, hey, I'm a football player. What do I know? So let's jump into it, man. The Wahoos defeated Notre Dame. The first time we played Notre Dame, we beat them like 82 to 55. What's that, 27 points? We smashed them, destroyed them. 
This time, it was a little closer. Notre Dame made some adjustments. The jump shots for UVA wasn't falling. Uh, so we won by a score of 60 to 54. So they got a, in a sense, a more victory, showing they improved. Um, and the fact that they threw in some zone and our inability to make shots and they were running in and out, in and out. but that's basketball. So you don't want to take anything away from what Notre Dame did. They demonstrated resiliency, the ability to adjust, the ability to fight and scrap and made sure that it didn't look like the first game. So what we'll do is we'll jump into some post-game notes first, some team notes. Virginia is now 22-2, 10-2 in the ACC. They swept the two-game series versus Notre Dame and has a three-game winning streak in the series. The Cavaliers extended their school record of consecutive ACC winning season to eight. UVA has won 22 or more games for eight straight seasons, also a school record. Virginia is 13-2 all-time versus Notre Dame, including 8-0 ACC regular season record in the series that dates back to 1980-81. UVA is 5-0 against the Irish in Charlottesville and has limited Notre Dame to 58 or fewer points in seven of the last nine meetings. Hey, Coach Tony Bennett is 9-1 all-time against Notre Dame. Some player notes. Uh, Cal Guy had 22 points, and I'm going to you know, go more in depth, but I'm just looking at the post-game notes provided by VirginiaSports.com. Shout out to them. Shout out to my dog, Jeff White. Um, DeAndre Hunter had 20. Uh, Hunter recorded his third career double-double with 20 points and a career high tying 10 rebounds. Guy has a 24-game three-point streak. Mamni Diakite, who had two blocks, extended his block shot streak to 17 games. Guy and Hunter each scored 20 or more points for the second straight game. The 20-point games were the eighth of Hunter's career and 11th for Cal Guy. So what we do, we'll transition to the individual stats right now. When you look at UVA, we talked about Cal Guy, 22 points, 7 of 15 from the field, 4-10 from the three-point land, that's 40%. He was perfect, 4 of 4 from the free throw line. He had six total rebounds. Two of those six rebounds were offensive rebounds, three assists to just one turnover. DeAndre had 20 points. He also We talked about the 10 rebounds. Two of those were offensive. He was 6-11 from the field. That's very efficient. That's better than 50%. He was two of three from three, very efficient, six to seven from the free throw line. Ty Jerome, uh, eight points, three assists to three turnovers, three rebounds, two or three from the three-point land, just two or nine from the field. Um, wasn't as good shooting the, the basketball, but we all know he sets the table. Um, he is the general. He holds everything together. He does the little things with his defensive uh, prowess, just his basketball IQ. Uh, passing it to guys in the appropriate spots, allowing them to make plays, breaking the defense down. And he had a lot of shots rim in and out. Um, And we all know he's battling the back injury. And a lot of people thought he would rest this game. But like I tell you, man, Ty Jerome is a competitor like no other. If you love Tom Brady and the way he competes, then you got to be a fan of Ty Jerome. Um, Jack Salt had two points in just 13 minutes played. He had a nice little dipsy do up and under, left-hand layup because he's left-handed. Um, so that was the only field goal attempt he had. One assist, one foul, one rebound. Again, Jack Salt only played 13 minutes. Kihei Clark once again got the start, played 23 minutes. He was 0 for 4 from the three-point land. All four of his shots was from three. 
didn't register a single point, had two assists, just one turnovers. He did have five rebounds, and he does what he does, plays defense, um, allows an extra ball handler out there so we can have two snipers on the elbow and Ty Jerome and Cal Guy. Um, and I know with Notre Dame playing zone, a lot of people kind of question, you know, Kihei being out there. And that's I'm going to leave that for my soapbox moment. Let's move right along. Mamna did Kite, 27 minutes played, five points, five rebounds, four fouls. He kind of turned into the old Mamdi, but he had two blocks. The the biggest thing with Mamdi is just keeping him on the floor. I mean, actually four fouls in 27 minutes is actually great for Mamdi because Mamdi's M.O. is to foul you quick, fast, in a hurry and not get a lot of minutes. Uh, Braxton Key played 20 total minutes. Three points, he was just one of seven from the field, 0 for three from three, had five rebounds. Uh, he's just a glue guy. He also had a block. Um, we, we know what to expect from Braxton Key. He's not going to wow you with scoring a bunch of points, but he is capable of getting you 15 to 20 points, um, just depending on the circumstance. And then Jay Huff only played three minutes, didn't register anything, didn't attempt a single shot, and, you know, he'll be the subject of the uh, soapbox moment because a lot of people question why Jay Huff didn't play. When you look at Notre Dame, they came in with the leading rebounder in the ACC in John Mooney. He played 31 minutes, had 15 rebounds, 11 points, a double-double, had four offensive rebounds. Um, the guy's just active, and that's what he does. He hangs his hat on rebounding the basketball. When you break down the team stats, Notre Dame had 33 rebounds. They had nine turnovers and six steals compared to UVA, who had – only eight turnovers, and I think they didn't register their first turnover until the second half when they called Mamdi Diakite for a travel, in which I felt like he was fouled on a defensive rebound. Uh, UVA had five steals, and they had 36 team rebounds. They had seven offensive rebounds, and Notre Dame also had seven offensive rebounds. When you look at the shooting, Notre Dame as a team shot 34%, 26% from three. You know, that's what we do. We hang our hat on defense, so if you can have – Limit a team to less than 35% from the field, and now they're also under 30% for shooting three. Your chances of winning double, you know. And then you look at UVA, we shot terrible also, you know, 36% from the free th- uh, field goal, 36% field goal percentage, 34% from three, but we shot 82% from the free throw line. So to sum up, if you were at the game, if you watched the game, in your head, if you are a fan of this podcast, what was in your head every time a team shot? What what, what kept coming to your head? I'll wait. Well, I'm going to go ahead and say it. Broken. This was a game of broken. If I was emceeing this game like I do at Tonsil Park, uh, Banks Collage, BCBA League, the streetball league that, that you know takes place starting the first weekend in June. It runs all the way to August. Make sure you come out to Tonsil Park. If you ever come out there and you hear me on the mic and somebody missing shots, you will hear me go, broken. And that's what I kept saying in my head watching this game on both sides. Broken. Both teams shot 30%. 30%. 36%. And then 34%. Yeah, this was a broken game. But, but we won. That's what it boils down to. Notre Dame came out man-to-man, came out efficient. I think Cal scored our first five points, you know, hit a three-pointer, had a little nice little running left-hand layup. 
Um, we were, you know, if they remember the first game, how we just bait out executed them because they are very young. We are polished. We have a lot of veteran veterans, got the veteran savvy, got one of the best backcourts in America. So we know how to truly demoralize you by just executing our offense and being patient on offense. So the thing that I'm seeing a lot of teams starting to do versus UVA is not only showing some zone, but also displaying a light quarter court pressure to where they make it appear like they're running some type of 2-1-2, 2-2-1, full court press. But in a sense, they're trying to take away the the shot clock in, in, in the way that UVA can't really run their offense as long as they, they, they would like. You know, they want to slow the ball coming up the court so when UVA finally breaks the free – not the free throw line, the half court line, they don't have as much time to really settle into their offense and run the block remover, run all those set screens, come off, whether they flaring, they're hugging off the screener, they're popping. They don't want that. Teams understand that that is demoralizing because it lulls you to sleep and it makes you be mentally in tune into the game because this is the new age of basketball where you're running and gunning. You just saw the all-star game last night for the NBA. Everybody wants to run and gun. Everybody wants to pull up and transition, shoot the three. Everybody wants to dunk. You see ESPN showing Duke, and that's what Zion and do. They dunk, 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 until they played us here and they shot threes like they were snipers. But teams are doing that now versus Coach Tony Bennett and his basketball team. Light pressure to get you to take your time and methodically move the ball up the court. And then when you finally get across half, they're extending their defense to where, to where you can't get to certain spots where when you make a crisp pass, it's not a catch and shoot. The pass has to travel so much longer is that it gives the defender enough time to catch up off those screens set by Jack Salt or, or Mamdi Diakite, if that's making sense. So now you got Notre Dame playing a 2-3 zone. We getting great looks, great looks. They going in and out. Um, and then you had the people, you know, you had fans saying, you know, you know, looking at our roster, if a team goes on, everybody's expecting that Jay Huff comes into the game, right? Because he's that prototypical European stretch four, stretch five, that can shoot, has a nice touch. And also he's very tall. Okay. So we all know he can just go on the block and it looks so easy. Just, Hey, just throw an alley-oop to him. He could catch it and dunk it or spread him out, shoot the three, you know, go four, four high. But then you just turn it into a three-point shooting contest, and I don't think Tony Bennett really wants that. So you got Jack Salton in the game, and then you got uh, Kihei Clark. They were the biggest subject when you when you looked at the game. Fans are always saying, why would you have those two in the game at the same time, right? And my thing is, yeah, on the surface, yes, you wouldn't want those two guys in the game if a team is playing zone. But you also got to realize, right, those two guys aren't truly asked to score versus a zone because what Kihei Clark can do can benefit and help you versus a zone because he can be the primary ball handler. He's diminutive in size. He can possibly penetrate and cause the defense to crash in to now you get an open look whether it's on the elbow, the, the weak side elbow, or a cutting guy off the baseline. You just never know, okay? Then we understand Jack Salt is very limited. Jack Salt's sitting on the block. And when you're going to get zones, you you are you have a more prime opportunity 
to get long rebounds or to do what he does, tap it out because guys can't really box you out because they're not, they, you know, they're so engaged into where the shooters are at that when somebody takes a long three, you really can't get a body on our biggest rebounder in Jack Salt. So fans want to say, well, put Huff in the game so we can have a different shooter. And I'm like, yeah, I get what you're saying, but understand this. Sometimes on social media, we got to realize that we armchair coaches, and sometimes we don't gotta, we don't have to hit send. Sometimes you just kind of keep your thoughts to yourself and realize there's a reason why that millionaire guy with the suit is actually calling the shots, and his name is Tony Bennett. I'm not saying you can't question Tony Bennett. I'm not saying he's absolved of any wrongdoing, or you can't, you know, Get provide an idea that he didn't think about, which is very slim. But what I'm saying is this. It wasn't the lineup that was hurting us as a team, UVA fans. I'm a UVA fan, so I'm saying us. We just weren't making shots. You know, I always tell folks, you just because things aren't working out right doesn't mean there's always a reason. Like, oh, Somebody's on the floor messing up, and it's because they're in the game while we're not executing. Sometimes the execution piece just don't – the basketball guys just be like, you know what, that's not going to work today, no matter who out there. We were getting good looks until um, DeAndre Hunter stepped into his kill zone area, which I've been saying. Free throw line extended with his triple threat, kill zone area. You put him on – that each corner, that's a kill zone area. If you play 2K, you play video games, you have hot spots. Your little icon on the bottom of your guy's feet will light up red. Anytime he's in his kill zone, on TV, I see red under his feet. When he get the ball free throw line extended and he triple triple threat you with that jab and he's so patient, I see red under his feet. I'm like, that's his comfort zone. He's going to kill you. So if somebody's going to play zone, you got DeAndre Hunter right there. I'm not worried about a Jack Salt or a Jay Huff in the game. You got DeAndre Hunter right there. And I like that Kihei is in the game. So now Ty Jerome and Kyle Guy can be sharpshooters, elbow, weak side, all three. So we got three guys working in a triangle, right? So you got Jack Salt on the bench. You got Kihei Clark as the ball handler. Now we got the three triangle guys, the three homies that everybody love, you know, Ty Jerome, Hunter, Guy, we got three sharpshooters that's moving, but we got another ball handling key head clock to where you just can't doubt the passing decision making. You know, that's just what it is. And then if they're missing shots, we have a bruiser on the block that's a that's able to rebound. Now it is the sexy thing to say, oh my god, you know, you got to put Jay Huff in for. Jack Salt. But then I love the lineup with Diakite with Hunter. I love that lineup. You know, I always think people lose sight and when they talk about Jay Huff being in the game. It's all it's not about him taking minutes from Jack Salt. That's not the guy he's gonna take minutes from. It's Hunter. I mean not Hunter, it's Key and Diakite. Those are the guys that you sacrifice when you want to put Jay Huff in the game because that's that's just called a spade a spade. Jack Salt rarely plays over twenty minutes unless there's another uh, a big bruising big man and he has to counteract that. Huff, uh, uh, Salt will play between 
10 to 15 minutes, 18. All right. So just say, all right, we want to, we want people say, well, you can still just put Jay in and take, still take some of those minutes and put Jay in. I think Jay is just caught with a rock in a hard place, bro. I just think he really is because we went to a smaller lineup and the Akite mostly played a lot. And then when key comes in, key plays bigger than what he is. Like key is six, eight, but he's, he's an opposing rim protector. He can guard on the perimeter. He's active on the offensive boards. He can also shoot. He can't shoot as, as good as Huff, but he gives you the ability to, to slash and ball handle. And Huff can do that, but it's the mentality. Huff doesn't have the mentality like I always say. Anytime the shot clock is running down, 11 is going to go get the ball, right? There's only a certain number of guys on our team that when that shot clock is like at seven seconds, 11 is going to get the ball. Ty Jerome is going to let it fly. Like, it doesn't matter the shot clock in his head. If he sees a shot that he feels is very good, Ty Jerome is going to take it. A guy like DeAndre Hunter is not going to do that. That's not his temperament. DeAndre is going to let the game come to him. Ty Jerome will initiate the game, meaning he going to kill you. He going to pick it up. You know, that's one thing that DeAndre Hunter is – the outlier like DeAndre Hunter is a is a lottery pick guy you know on a lot of scouting boards and scouting sites but he unlike a lot of lottery picks he's not a selfish and kill type of mentality like he he'll kill, don't get me wrong and I'm saying in a figure like figuratively kill meaning they're gonna attack you and you're gonna know they're gonna come out and attack you like DeAndre is like Kawhi Leonard very unassuming and before you know it he got 20 points and if if you're evaluating, you know, superstars on their own, what you build around them. If you looked in the NBA, Kawhi Leonard wouldn't be one of the first guys you would build around. But when you look at him play, you're like, damn, he's one of the best guys in his league. And that's DeAndre. When you look at DeAndre, it's like you evaluate him, you just like, uh, he doesn't have too much flash. But then when you break down his game, what he does defensively, what he could do from the outside, his ball handling, what he could do in the post, his mid-range game, his rebounding ability, his ability to block shots, the, his ability to finish around the rim. When you break down the totality bit by bit what he can do, he, he gets all the check marks. And then you see lottery pick grade. And it could be a little high, but that's the intrigue. And that's what we are in the draft. But that's not his temperament. He doesn't have the lottery pick temperament. You know, when you think of like R.J. Barrett from Duke, he's going to gun. He's going to gun. Lottery pick. That's the mentality. Zion Williams is not a gun. And Zion is pretty much the same as DeAndre. Like, they let the game come to them. So you appreciate, that's why I appreciate Zion Williams. That's why I appreciate DeAndre Hunter because they let the game come to them. Even though they are star players, they're not going to do something outside of what they're capable of doing. Like, you, you're really going to see DeAndre Hunter take bad shots. You know what I'm saying? He's not what you call a gunslinger. I'm doing that in quotations because I'm a football guy. You know, in football, they always say a quarterback's a gunslinger when they're saying he's not afraid to make throws. To me, a gunslinger is just a guy who turns the ball over a lot. Yeah, you may not be af- afraid to throw any ball, but damn it, if it's keep getting picked off, stop throwing the damn ball and stop calling them gunslingers because we're giving them passes. It's like... Oh, shooters shoot. No, shooters don't shoot. If you're not making it, stop shooting. Go to the cup. Like, if somebody, like, if Kyle got shooting them, and I know they always say, you know, 
Cal just going to keep shooting. But damn it, if it's broke, it's broke. That's why I love that Cal could go to the cup. Or he could get to the free throw line, which what he's been doing a lot because it's all about seeing the ball going to the basket. But, you know, I, I go against I go against a lot of these narratives and cliches, man. I don't do that shoot or shoot. Hell no. If it's broke, it's broke. You better get some duct tape or some gorilla tape. You better get a Todd Jerome pass to help you out because Todd Jerome got that diamond badge, you know. But um, that was just my main thing, my soapbox moment, man. I just feel like fans, we've been, we're, we're very, if you're a Virginia Cavalier fan, you gotta realize you're very spoiled. Eight straight seasons, at least twenty-two wins. You're going to get spoiled. You are going to get spoiled. You definitely are. You see the shiny car that Jay Huff can be, and you just can't fathom why Tony Bennett isn't playing him more. Well. I got eight straight seasons and at least 23 wins. While wow. I'm going to go ahead and serve myself for you some shut the hell up juice. How can I question why he not playing somebody much more? You know what I'm saying? Like, think about that. I'm not saying he's perfect. He's human. He's a God-fearing guy. He know he falls short. But who are we to hit sin and tweet out, there's no way I could have Kihei Clark and Jack Salt on the floor at the same time? Well, newsflash, they've been starting together plenty of games this year. Let's not throw cash in the Spurs and like Kihei can't hit open threes. He gonna trust me. They're gonna leave him and give him time to concentrate and shoot the damn three. Believe me, they may not fear Jack Salt, but his screens do enough. I mean, it's just so many things that go into coaching, man. That we as fans and, and we get caught up in the fandom that we really don't understand whether well, it's a matchup. Coach Bennett is a defensive first coach. He's always gonna err on the side of favoring a defensive player okay we got enough scores i i know i know that's blasphemous in basketball ball hawking you never have enough scores you know if you got five scores if you want to win the big one we got to be able to score points because in the ncaa's you got to be able to score if we get down early can we come back can we come back well in any comeback offensively like in football or basketball or baseball if you want to come back what has to take place first you gotta get stops right Correct? Correct. If your defense is trill, you always got a chance to win. Unless somebody just shooting the lights out. You feel me? As the boys from Oakland say, you feel me? So why does he have Kihei and Jacksaw in at the same time? Because Coach is a defensive guy. And those two play hella good defense. We're going to return the favor. You're going to play zone and make it tough on us. Well, I'm going to keep these two hyenas out here. And I got this little hyena that's really going to bite into you. Full court, 90 feet, 92 feet, whatever feet that the basketball court is. That's why he's in the game. And I know I got Cal Guy who could give me 20. I know we got DeAndre Hunter who could give me 20. And I know you better call Ty Jerome who be shooting from talent. I got enough. You know, I have enough. And with, and with these two hyenas out there, my two, my three scores can actually rest a little bit. And then I can put Mama Diakite in there who give me the best of both worlds now. Supreme shot blocker, and he could give me buckets, and he would dunk on your face. So, again, and then I could put Braxton Key in who could give me two-way, and I don't have a huge drop-off. But then I know I got this shiny car who could dunk from the free throw line. I know that, but against my principles, I know. I'm like, I'm kind of conceding on defense because I know he's seven feet. I know he could block, but huh, 
that's the tough spot coach is getting into. So we got to stop this, man. Because y'all, if y'all keep going with the same narrative, question and question and question, stop. Look, leave Jack Salt alone, okay? Leave Jack Salt alone. Leave Kihei Clark alone. Y'all were just loving and praising the boy while he playing with a dang on broken wrist with a cast on, and now all of a sudden y'all questioning why he on the court with a certain combination. I mean, either you could play. Like, hey, it just is with either you a basketball player or you not. Why you got to be in with a certain grouping, a certain lineup? Oh, so he can only play. Like, so if Jack saw in the game, Kihei Clark can't play. So what if Jack saw in the game play, having to play 30 minutes? That means Kihei Clark can't play this game because Jack saw in the game? How that sound? Come on, fans. Come on. And I know, Bohawk, I'm only talking about the zone. Hey, I get it. But we don't know when somebody's going to play zone. So you telling me teams can say, oh, we go zone. They're going to keep them two defensive hyenas out the game. They ain't going to play together. So let's show zone. Get them to sub out. We don't know when the teams is going to predominantly play zone. Like, I, I, I get it. When we play Syracuse, yeah, you know, you're going to get predominantly zone. That's what you're going to get. Now we can work our groupings and our rotations the way that we want. But that's it, man. That's all I got for y'all, man. It's been almost 30 minutes. If you're driving down to Blacksburg and you're going to the game tonight, um, y'all guys be safe. Um, I like you know, you know, because them Hokey fans are a little dangerous, you know. Um, you know, they they vicious. You know what I'm saying? They have a lot of people dressed up as the color of the arena seats. You know, they call. I mean, no, nah, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna throw no shots. I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna stay respectful. But uh, you know, you know how this is a rivalry week, man. And uh, we beat the Hokies earlier. We shot awesome from the field. I don't expect us to shoot that great from the field. And now, don't get me wrong. I I, I welcome that. But just want to win, Wahoos. Like, yes, we want to critique and hold our guys at an elite and great standard. You get what I'm saying? But if we're going to hold ourselves at a great standard, let's not demoralize the coaching and or the players. Let's look at, hey, we have to shoot better. Now, if you were to say, yo, man, we got to shoot better than 30-something percent, I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. You know? Kihei took four shots. Was he really killing us by being in the game? If you know, you know. That's all I got for you, man. Good is the enemy of great. Be great in everything that you do. Make sure you subscribe to the Ball Hawk Show podcast on any social media platform. Hit me up on Facebook. Uh, Ahmad Hawkins, hit me up on Twitter at I am Ball Hawk and Instagram at I am Ball Hawk. If you want to donate to the movement, just. Um, the link is in the description, PayPal, Venmo, Cash App. Definitely appreciate you guys. I appreciate you guys. Email theballhawk9 at gmail.com. Always shoot me an email. I'll definitely hit you back. Let me know what you think of the show. Any other topics that you want me to talk about, an episode that you may want me to create, um, just let me know, man. I do live shows on Blog Talk Radio Monday through Wednesdays from 530 to 7. If you want to be a part of that no holes bar, you know, foul language session because fans call in and they curse and use profanity you by all means tune in but until next time man it's the ball hawk i'm out oh! i want the whole world spin my record shero the hoodie styles check game stay free records shorty girl for the death and i'm massaging bad news either be massaging i got a city happy 
I be massaging Pinky rings on my finger, I massaging I got a speedboat constant cause I massage I coming through about a whole kind of large I be massaging, I be massaged I'm coming through with Cadillacs and massaging Yeah, I post some constantly massaging I got GPS, I be massaging I catch coke a bitch cause I massaging I like a macaroni plate, I be massaging Even oodles and noodles, I be massaging Straight out the ghetto, cause I'm massaging I got ice around my neck cause I'm massaging An even gold chief, I massaging A pinky ring iced out cause I'm massaging I got a hundred million dollars, I be massaging I got ten dollars, I be massaging I got a thousand dollars, I be massaging I got twenty-two cents, and be massaging I took a penny, and be massaging I said shorty girl fat, I be massaging The big two, I be massaging I be massaging I be massaging. I got a GPS stern with massaging. Whole shit road chain be massaging. I got a Uzi. I be massaging. I got a trail gauge pump. I massage. I got a hundred thousand. I massage. Ain't broke. I be massaging. I stay paid. I be massaging. I stay late. I be massaging. I hit the pool all night 'cause I'm massaging. She wanna come through loaded and massage. Whole shit. We massage, bad new party constantly massage. Ain't no joke, I be massaging. Even the bacon and eggs, I be massaging. Huh? Polo shirts, Santo Adidas, I be massaging. I love you, sweetie cake. Spin my record, let me give you the game. On how to get rich, take a penny, and flip a penny, then forty billion. Huh? Why I be massaging? What car steering wheel? I be massaging the whole, the whole label of the state free records in the VA. Oh, we be massaging. Let's have a money shot. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.